Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and today we're talking about everyone's most discussed and most hated topic, COVID-19. Let's begin. So COVID-19, I tried really hard to not do an episode on this just because of how divisive and controversial um, the topic on COVID can get. But at this point, it seems irresponsible not to. Um, It's the reality that we're all living in. I started this podcast in the midst of the pandemic. And if you're in Ontario like me, things aren't really getting any better. Um, We have new lockdown measures that are now in place on top of the other ones. And there's no real end in sight. And it's a very unsettling time. And if you look at these lockdowns, Sounds like, okay, before I even start, I just want to say this because this is such a divisive subject that no matter what I say, someone listening isn't going to like it. So if I say that I'm pro-vaccine or anti-mask or pro-anti-lockdown, someone's going to disagree and that's fine. I can't please everyone but and you know I can't make everyone happy, but what I want to do is try to make some sense of what's going on and learn how we can take advantage of the situation that we're in. So let's start. Let's go right into it. The lockdowns. Um, so in Toronto, we we are on the third wave of the pandemic. Honestly, it feels like it's wave like 2.5. Things were open for like two weeks at most and then kind of closed up again. And I personally thought it was a bit too soon. You know, numbers were still above a thousand daily cases and the problems was talking about reopening things. And that didn't really make much sense given that we closed things when we were hitting like 400, 500 daily cases. Um, but before I go on, I do want to say this. I am pro lockdown, but not the lockdowns we have been having because they haven't made much sense. I'm all for taking measures to prevent the spread of the virus. Yes, it has a death rate of about 1%, but given how given how it is worldwide with a population of about 8 billion people, 1% of that 8 billion is 80 million people that in theory would die based on, you know, the 99% survival rate, 1% death rate. So if everyone got COVID, 80 million people in the world are going to die. And yes, that's 1%, but that's 1% of 8 billion. So that's a lot of people. So there is a need to contain the virus. And let me tell you, the virus is real. Personally, I haven't had it. I know others that have and you know, it's very real. Everyone I know who's had it has had a different experience. Some people just got like a little bit sick, no more than they usually do whenever they get sick. Others lost their sense of taste, others lost their sense of smell. But my next door neighbor was actually on a ventilator for 19 days when she got COVID. So it is not a made up virus, but um, the way it will affect you seems kind of random. But with ICU capacity being strained, it puts hospitals and governments in a very, very tight spot. And this is part of the problem. It's no question that the government has made huge mistakes with how these lockdowns are designed and how they've managed to fight the virus. But what we have is a government who's comprised of people whose skill or job is to run a city, province, state, or country facing a medical crisis in which they know nothing about. So that causes a government to be dependent on the medical community. And the thing is, the medical community have no clue on how to run a city, province, state, or country. So mistakes are bound to happen. And I'm not saying it's an excuse because we're, we're we are a year into this we know a lot more today than we did last year but everyone is outside of their element and are trying to figure things out as they go um you know I don't think anyone wants to be Doug Ford right now. If he locks things down, everyone complains and says, this is too damaging, this is bad for the economy and the small businesses. But then if he doesn't lock things down and numbers go up, everyone says he didn't do enough. He should have locked things down. He isn't managing this properly. So no matter what he does, people are going to be unhappy. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want that job. And I'm not saying there's any excuse for some of the bad decisions he may have made. But at the same time, I have a bit of empathy because I would hate to be in his position right now. And one of the biggest things about this pandemic 
pandemic and the lockdowns that bother me, this is a bit off topic, is that there is not a single thing being said about how we can stay healthy, how we can boost our immune system. About a year ago, there was a study done in the hospital where they found out that 86% of hospitalized COVID patients uh, in the ICU had a vitamin D deficiency. Being in Canada, where we have cold winter months, we all most likely have a vitamin D deficiency in which we need to supplement with a vitamin. Talk to your doctor and all that as well. There is nothing on the news about how it can boost our immune system, how there might be some benefits to taking vitamin D in our fight against COVID. None of that is being talked about. It's all about stay home and we don't talk about our own health and well-being. Anyways, back to the lockdown. I do think lockdowns can work, but not the way that we've been doing it here. First off, these half-measured lockdowns don't really do much but hurt businesses. I think if we had a hard, real hard lockdown for a few weeks where we can't go outside, I think that could work. But at the same time, we're a year into this on and off lockdown thing that it's going to be very hard to ask Canada to go on a hard lockdown and actually trust the government this time when they have made mistakes along the way. But if you look at Taiwan, who's really close to Wuhan, they went into lockdown very early and the citizens followed the orders and they stayed home. They didn't go out. They didn't do anything. Yes, they still will wear a mask and follow some social distancing protocols. Their lives have very much gone back to normal because they had a real lockdown. And when I look at Toronto's lockdown or Ontario's lockdown, there's still rush hour bumper to bumper traffic. I don't really know what's really been shut down that's working because every time I go outside, there's tons of people out. Everyone's moving around. Everyone's doing something. But what shocks me is small businesses that may have one to two customers come in at a time. They have to be closed and they can't do anything. But grocery stores up until a week ago could have like up to 2,000 people in the store at one time. They would post their what their max capacity is in front of their store. And I saw one grocery store, their max capacity during COVID was 2,500 people. And during a pandemic, I can't imagine why even 100 people or 150 people should be in one store at any given time. So when I say I'm for the lockdown, I don't mean the lockdowns we've been having. I think a lockdown that makes sense, that's strict, that is really targeting these places where people are gathering, like grocery stores and putting some restraints there, but also allowing smaller businesses that are much lower risk of operating to operate. Um, I think that's that would be what works. And so when I say I'm, I'm all for the lockdown, I mean a lockdown that would make sense because the numbers are rising with COVID cases. Case counts are going um, are going up like crazy. Hospital capacity is getting strained and they're talking about creating procedures where they have to make decisions for who lives and who dies. So when that's happening, something has to be done, but I don't know what it is. So that's my take on lockdowns. Now let's talk about masks. I'm honestly surprised we have anti-maskers. It's, it's honestly a bit funny. And the whole claim with anti-maskers is it limits your oxygen intake. It increases your carbon monoxide or dioxide, whatever one that we exhale. It increases our intake of that, which, which isn't supposed to be good for us. The mask may cut off a bit of oxygen while we wear it. Surgeons wear them all the time for hours performing surgery. And they're, they're in the medical uh, industry. If there was a real concern, I feel like surgeons would have found another solution for when they have to cover um, their mouth and their nose. The government's just asking you to wear your mask for you know the 20 to 20 minutes to an hour that you're in the grocery store. Construction workers wear masks for hours at a time. The people working in the store are working hours at a time with the mask and you want to come in for the 20 minutes that you need to be in the grocery store and make a big deal and harass all these minimum wage employees for making them make you wear a mask and that's not cool. I'm all for respect and doing that, you're just being selfish, really selfish. So 
that's my take on masks although i won't lie i do laugh when i see someone in their car by themselves with the windows rolled up and a mask on their face i do think that's funny but anyways let's talk vaccines so i'm a bit iffy on this one and this is a pretty divided subject with validity on both sides recently i i did a poll on my instagram story where i asked people if they're gonna get the vaccine and it was pretty divided uh, about 60 40 for the vaccine so there's a lot of hes hesitancy with this and whether you're pro or anti i think everyone has a good point on on why they're making the decisions they're making with this because if you look at the pro vaccine side of things all these doctors and nurses and other medical professionals they're widely advocating for getting the vaccine they're getting the vaccine themselves these people know how like they understand how vaccines work better than any of us who most likely found out what we know about vaccines through social media or something but on the other hand there is still reasons to be concerned about this vaccine mRNA uh, vaccine technology is new and hasn't really been used on humans to the extent that it's being done right now with this mass humanization. On top of that, the vaccine was rushed. The FDA hasn't given it the full approval. The FDA has given the vaccines emergency use approval because we're in a weird situation where we can't really wait for the full three-year clinical trial to be done. So there is that risk. There's reasons why the FDA has a three-year approval. And even then, they make mistakes. Even then, things get approved that shouldn't be approved and get recalled back later. Even with this vaccine, we have the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson one like coming up with issues with blood clots. And I'm looking at, at this vaccine as, you know, this was approved. How did this get missed? And so I'm not saying don't get the vaccine or get the vaccine. I'm just saying there's there's reasons to be on both sides of the argument. Personally, for me, I'm I'm a wait and see -er. I'd rather wait before I get the vaccine as long as I can. I'm just because the effectiveness of the vaccine isn't conclusive yet. And they're still learning about the vaccine. And I'm fortunate that I am at a younger age that my concern or my risk of dying from covid well there is obviously a risk it's it's lower for me fortunately so whether you whether you you're for the vaccine or against it there's no reason to argue or hate someone else that sits on the other side of the vaccine argument with you because everyone has a valid point for thinking what they think about this and right now it can be so easy to tune into conspiracy theories that and get wrapped into you know these anti-government stories to some extent getting to a conspiracy theory, blaming the government, you know, having an enemy that you can see does give us some sort of peace when we don't know what's going on. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of these conspiracy theories and these conspiracy theorists. I'm not saying they're all wrong because I've heard some of them and some of them, you know, have proven to be true. Some of them are hilarious. People have reasons to believe the things that they believe. Although the mask one is a hard one. But with all this confusion, with all these conspiracies and everyone being so divided, what do we do, right? What do we do in this? And I don't have all the answers. All we can really do is make the most with what we have. And if you haven't been significantly impacted financially by these lockdowns, you're incredibly blessed and very, very fortunate. And you can use this to your advantage. And while the news may make things look horrible, they're not as bad as it seems. It's a lockdown, but you can still go out you can still go outside, go hiking, exercise, run, whatever. You may not be able to eat at a restaurant, but you can still order the same food from the restaurant and just eat it at home or at a park. And let's be honest, even though we're supposed to be staying home and not seeing our friends since Christmas, I know a lot of people still are. I know a lot of people meet up with a few of their friends. I see it on Instagram. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do that, but I'm not going to pretend that a lot of people aren't doing that and those people are still complaining about the lockdown. And when I look at your restrictions, I'm just confused. 
confused as to what you're really being restricted by because you're still going out. It just looks differently now. Before all this, everyone complained that they didn't have enough time to do the things that they wanted to do. Go do them now. Learn that new skill, learn that new hobby, read that book. Go do the things you've always wanted to do that you never did before. Create new goals, whatever it is. Listen to the first uh, episode of my podcast where I talk about habits and how you can grow this year during the pandemic. Whatever it is, go and do those things because before the excuse was you have no time. But now you have more time than ever and if you don't do anything, you're just lazy and unmotivated. So use this time to your advantage if you can. And if you're like me working remotely, there's good news for you. Companies are going to have to be more flexible when it comes to working from home in the future. The pandemic has proven that productivity is not severely impacted when we do work from home and at times it has even increased. And what this means, especially if you're a parent out there in the future is you're going to have more opportunities to work from home, hopefully have a better work-life balance and hopefully you'll be able to work at home more often when your kids are at home. So these can all be good things. None of us really know what's going to happen and when we will get out of all this. It isn't all bad news. The news makes things look really, really bad. But if you look outside, people are outside. People are doing things. But, you know, taking some time to work on yourself, doing the things that you always said you didn't have the time to do, do those things now because these are the things that we can do to take advantage of the situation we're in. And we just have to take that first step and actually do those things. So that's my take on COVID without getting too controversial. I hope you got something out of this. COVID is a tough time for everyone. If you're listening, uh, I hope you're doing well. Always make sure to take care of your mental health, get outside, stay active, stay in touch with your friends. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and stay tuned for the next episode.